Welcome to the 7 Figure CEO Podcast, where we talk all things marketing strategies, business systems, personal development insights, and conduct interviews with successful CEOs and entrepreneurs. Learn the exact strategies on how 7 Figure CEOs market and scale their companies with your host, Chris Rodriguez. Welcome, everybody, to the Seven Figure CEO podcast. Your host, Chris Rodriguez, here with Mr. Zach Clunin, owner of Zachary Martial Arts, a mixed martial arts academy located in Zachary, Louisiana. Mr. Clunin's been in business for seven years. He's a third degree black belt in Taekwondo and a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. We have a very similar history in regards to our background in training. So I'm really excited for this podcast. Mr. Clunin, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So to kick us off, can you please just give me a little history uh, about your school? You know, I know you've been in business for about seven years. Um, talk to me about the programs you offer, the markets you serve, and where you guys are at now. Okay, well, uh, let's go ahead and just start right at the beginning. So uh, we've owned the school for approximately uh, seven years, and uh, I started off um, basically, you know, the white belt level all the way up. I grew up in the martial arts school that we currently own and oh, wow. got my black belt under the previous owner and then uh, got my certifications and everything. And then the school started to go under. And uh, I was in the back office with the previous instructor. And I said, well, it's, it's time to go and open up my own school. And I was, I was getting up from the table and walking out. He goes, I want to sell you the school. And uh, so we bought the school. We had 20 students. I'm a third degree oh, wow. black belt at the time. And it took us uh, about four months to break even. And uh, so we had to undo a lot of different things. And uh, then all of a sudden, the program just skyrocketed uh, within the Taekwondo. And then we maintained the Taekwondo for... Uh, about six years right before COVID hit. And uh, then we uh, found this organization called Gracie United. And uh, I went all the way to headquarters, knocked on the door. He let me come in and, uh, and then I started training. And uh, we talked about getting a school going. And then we started the transition from Taekwondo to mixed martial arts. Amazing. Yes, very similar story as well for me. Started in Taekwondo. Uh, you know, fell in love with jujitsu. My school is now a MMA academy, a blend of striking and ground. So, you know, I, I got to ask because I think any business owner that was in business prior to COVID and is still in business today, uh, you know, has a story. How were you guys affected by COVID? You know, if you kind of had to sum up your game plan, what was it? That is a great uh, uh, question to, to ask. And to be completely honest, I don't think any of us were truly prepared when COVID hit. And when COVID hit, we all got that order to shut down. And uh, so we shut down and we did everything online. We went virtual. We actually tried virtual for about eight weeks. The problem was, is we hadn't made the transition yet. We were still 100% Taekwondo. We had 180 students in less than two to three weeks. We dropped from 180 to 80 students. Ouch. And uh, we were not enforcing uh, cancellations or anything like that. We were just letting people go. 
And um, so I, I remember having this conversation with my wife uh, within the, the eighth week of being in zero down um, that we can't afford the bills no more. And we have to change something. And the Zoom and the online training is not working. And I was following this guy that was all the way in New York. And he was owning a 24-7 fitness gym. And uh, he was opened up phase zero. And we decided to do the same thing. We opened up 100% phase zero. And we went from 80 to 180 again, just like that. And um, we didn't follow any of the guidelines whatsoever. We said, um, with, with the governor's order, if you had a condition, then you didn't have to have a mask or anything like that. And so we ran with the, the order that everybody had a condition and we didn't ask nobody um, what it was because they didn't have to say it per governor's sure. order. So we ended up getting a COVID uh, inspector within the facility. And uh, I remember being on the mat teaching a class of uh, three to six-year-olds. And we had a lot of them. No one in the school was wearing a mask uh, or anything like that. We had a packed facility of uh, three to six-year-olds. And I remember looking over at my instructor uh, that was co-assisting with me. And I said, whatever you do, don't stop. Keep training. Keep the class going. And my wife is over there running the front desk. And we just had a brand new uh, born baby. He was probably six months old and he was calling on uh, mama's chest and just talking, just babbling and everything. This COVID inspector comes in and we had the station set for the guidelines. We had the cleaning stations, we had the hand sanitizer stations, we had all this in play. And um, he comes in and he goes, No one's complained about you, but I don't like the fact that everybody in here is not wearing a mask. And I had gone through the orders and everything. And my one response to the COVID inspector was, everyone in here has a condition. And uh, he stops. And he goes, okay, where's your cleaning supplies? And I pointed. I said, cleaning supplies are over here and everything's over here. And he wrote it down in his notes. And I said, well, before you leave, uh, based off the governor's orders, everyone in here has a medical condition. And that's what is, what's going to go on your report. And uh, he chuckled, wrote it down in his report, and he never came back. And I was actually just about terrified that he was going to put chains on the doors because I was following the guy in New York with his 24-7 fitness gym, basically doing the same thing that, that we decided to do. And uh, But he never Are you came talking back. about Ian Smith? Yep, that okay. would be correct. Okay, got it. And awesome. uh, I couldn't remember his name right off the bat. But uh, yeah, he was in the mainstream news. For sure. Yes, he was. <laughs> they, they gained a lot of attraction. And uh, we basically did exactly the same thing. And um, so we we kept on going and business was good um, all the way through that point. So we stopped doing the online classes and we just went 100 percent. And uh, we actually were able to be left alone and we were able to do businesses as normal. That's great to hear. Great to hear. Well, thanks for sharing how you guys kind of, you know, over overcame COVID as a BJJ school. I know you guys weren't 100% BJJ yet, but Zoom classes with pillows uh, dressed in hoodies was pretty difficult. Yeah. And, you know, I, I we're all martial artists and there are so many similarities regardless of the style that you teach. But I'm curious, now that you guys 
you know, are, are kind of full in with your BJJ program. You have students competing at, you know, Naga tournaments and things like that. What challenges or hurdles, you know, do you think, if any, that you have as a BJJ school that maybe, you know, a Taekwondo only school wouldn't have? Do you think there are any challenges or hurdles? Uh, to be, uh, to answer that question, so when we started off the school as a Taekwondo school, people were joining for the self-defense aspect. They weren't joining because it was a traditional martial arts. They weren't joining because of the belt system or anything like that. And um, just to add on to that, you know, you have a lot of schools that will charge for the belt system. And we never did that. We never charged for the belt system or anything like that. We made it an, uh, an earned progression. So doing the transition to the BJJ was incredibly easy to do. And as soon as we added the BJJ and our clientele saw the self-defense aspect of it, more people transitioned off of working from the traditional forms and doing forms for 35, 45 minutes of the class to hands-on uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, boxing, and the MMA. So doing that transition was incredibly easy to do. Um, I can say that it was probably the most scariest thing that we've ever done in our business was coming from something that was stable to something that is in a transition state that is not necessarily stable during the transitional uh, phase, but um, it, it has stabilized towards the BJJ and the traditional aspect is almost non-existent in our school. It's, it's almost hundred um, percent to add on to that. Uh, the Taekwondo aspect was never competitive. So our students never went to a tournament and we would try to push and push and push and try to get 40 kids to go to a tournament and we would only get eight. When we did this transition to the jujitsu aspect, we can get 40 people to go to a, a competition and all we have to do is just send out a link and people click on the link and they, and they get registered for the tournament. So um, I, I think people see more value behind the combative style of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and the self-defense and the competitive side than they ever have with the traditional side. Uh, and that's that's coming from our own experience. Gotcha. Well, let's kind of shift. You know, I love marketing. Obviously, you are one of our awesome GrowPro clients. And let's kind of shift and talk a little bit about how you market your academy. So, Predominantly, who is your, your target market? Are you mainly going after adult students? Are you more heavily kid-based? What does that look like? So uh, that's another uh, very good question. When we were Taekwondo, we were never adults. I could never get an adult on the mat. Uh, when we transitioned to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, that adult program skyrocketed. And wow. we now have 30-plus adults. So um, from the Taekwondo aspect of it, the heavy market for us has always been the eight to 12 being um, affiliated with the association. The association's main market base was three to six year olds. And we always struggled on getting three to six year olds, but we can get seven and up and we can always get that, that market area. Um, so we prefer to target everybody. Uh, we, we like to get the three year olds just as much as we like to get the, the 50 year olds. Um, the biggest target market for us is still uh, the 8 to 12. That seems to be the biggest uh, go-getter for us, the, the bread and butter of our school. 
Awesome. And you know, what types of marketing do you do? Obviously, you're you're using GrowPro. We're running Facebook ads for you. Is that your sole avenue of marketing? And and how is that working? And are you doing anything else? So uh, before we partnered up with y'all, we were doing everything on our own uh, by ourselves. And we could generate January, February, 40 leads and get them all signed up. And then after that, it was 20 leads every month from that point. And then what ended up happening is it all dried up and we couldn't get any more. And that was at the beginning of the year for six months, we were probably getting like four or five. And I was trying to figure out why are we only getting four or five when last year we were getting 40, 40, 20, and then it just all stopped. So when we started this transition, that's when I started seeing your ads and I'm looking for different avenues to make this transition easy. And that is probably the biggest reason why we partnered up with GrowPro was to test y'all out during this transitional phase. And then I'm hoping that as the transition stabilizes and we become 100% BJJ, kickboxing, boxing, um, that it completely plays out and we become a, a lifetime um, customer with y'all, uh, Chris. And that's that's my intent. And that's something that I was telling uh, Kevin when we first started off is our goal is to get 100% off of the Taekwondo, completely phase it out and focus on what people want, which is the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Well, I uh, love running BJJ ads. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, something that has allowed my academy to grow very quickly. We saw a lot of success with Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads. So really excited to have you on board. I also know you recently joined our concierge program where we're doing the lead follow-up for you. What has that experience been like so far? So far, that experience has been uh, extremely good. So before we actually signed up on that uh, program, we were doing it all on our, our own. We were reaching out to the client. We were following our, our scripts and everything. And uh, I ended up losing one of our sweet ladies uh, and to college. So she was, she was moving out. And uh, so she took care of everything. And we hired a new lady to take care of that. And she ended up losing uh, 100 leads. Uh, and it just got buried. And so we ended up having to uh, let her go. And so we then partnered up with y'all's agent program. And y'all have been doing a fantastic job. Y'all have been staying on top of it. Uh, Marina is doing phenomenal uh, with reaching out to the clients and getting a book. And so we've seen a, instead of almost like a, a slowdown, everything is starting to pick back up again. And uh, so we're signing them up as soon as they're coming through the door. They're getting that wow factor on the maps at the BJJ. And uh, then they're talking to us, how do we sign up with y'all? And so then we're, we're falling right into that phase. I love it. That's great to hear. Now, you know, as we stated earlier, you have this uh, background, third degree black belt in Taekwondo. And, you know, your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu journey started in the last few years as a blue belt, right, obviously your, your next step is to go for that purple all the way up to black. How has it been balancing running a martial arts school and teaching yourself as well as getting your own training in? Because sometimes that could be really difficult. Uh, to be honest with you, finding the, the balance between teaching and training uh, has always been 
um, hard. I think that's actually hard for um, a lot of instructors and school owners. I can remember when I was first starting off in the Taekwondo, we were sitting around a campfire with all the different school owners. And we were actually talking about that exact thing. How do you balance a school and also go and train? And so fortunately for us, we have a full staff of instructors. And we have a brown belt instructor that spearheads the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu program for us. So being on the mat, I don't necessarily have to be on the mat. But that gives me a lot of freedom to go and train at different Grace United locations because we have a full staff. So I'm able to get my training in. And my favorite place to go train is at headquarters in Hammond, Louisiana, um, with Professor Raphael. That is my absolute dream place. It's my happy place to go and train. And um, so I love going right to the source of the organization and getting that high level of instruction and high level of training. And um, I always encourage my instructors to go to headquarters to train at the source. You know, it's it's funny. I was uh, looking through some of your website pictures and on your Facebook business page just to kind of prepare for the podcast. And I saw a picture of Professor Raphael up on the wall. And believe it or not, uh, I've known him for many, many years. I used to do tournament directing for Grappler's Quest, and he used to be one of our head uh, referees at Grappler's Quest. So it's just, you know, so cool to like see it. It is, you know, it's kind of a small world uh, being able to, to recognize like, oh, I know that guy. We used to work together at Grappler's Quest. So because this is also uh, very similar to me. You said you had a baby, you and your wife had a baby right before COVID hit. And same thing for me, my son Cruz was born on March 3rd of 2020. So like two weeks before we got shut down. And my wife and I used to work together at the school as well. So talk to me a little bit about that dynamic of working together with your wife. And now you've got this newborn baby and and being able to you know, juggle running the academy, working together, and also, you know, obviously wanting to to be present with your child. So that's, uh, that's awesome. Um, so my wife and I say, well, she and I um, don't believe in putting our son in a daycare setting. So Niall, uh, my son now being two years of age, is always with us. He's watching the classes, he's punching, he's kicking, he wants to wrestle. He wants to be part of the school. And um, so going back two years, my wife has always had a dream and a vision to actually not necessarily be in the dojo, being in a school, but to own her own business. And that business is music. And so she grew up learning how to play guitar. And she would always go to the small um hole in the wall business uh stan lee's music and so that's how she got started and when we were dating she didn't know that we owned a a martial arts school or academy or anything like that but she always told me that she wanted to own a music shop a music business so cool and so uh covid actually changed the uh the rules on how all that played out and we had to wait until phase three for Louisiana to uh, get her her business up and running. And um, so I helped her achieve her dream, her goal. And so 
she doesn't run the martial arts school with me anymore. So we have a full staff to do all that. Got and um, so her dream has always been to focus on her music shop business. And she's been doing phenomenal up to 30 uh, students learning music. Wow. And we put the music store next to the martial arts academy. Oh, that's it was, perfect. It was perfect timing in everything. And I remember contacting the landlord right before the guy, the tenant was leaving. And I said, landlord, when is the space going to be available? And uh, we were the first ones to get signed on. We got 60 days free rent for the music shop. And she just blew it right out of the water. And so, uh, cool. so her music school has been just growing leaps and bounds. And well, it, uh, sounds, so focuses. Yeah, it sounds like Niles is going to have martial arts and music in his life, which yeah. I'm a huge fan of as well. I grew up playing the piano, uh, musically inclined. And I think, man, what a better world it would be if every kid did music and martial arts. And now you guys get to offer that right side by side. That is so cool. Yeah, we get to offer that uh, side by side. And uh, so she's in suite E and I'm in suite ABC. There's one business in between, but now just runs back and forth between the two businesses and he'll come see me while I'm doing something. And then when my wife is free, he'll run over there and, and see my wife. And uh, so it's never a dull moment um, here at the Martial Arts Academy. I love it. You know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. When we look back, right, you've been operating this school for seven years, the school that you grew up in, right, that started your martial arts journey. You took it over, uh, you know, had a transition from the Taekwondo style to now going to BJJ. You got through COVID. If you were to do it all over again, what is just one thing you think you would have done a little differently? Um, I think the one thing that I would have done uh, differently would have started off with the BJJ, uh, the kickboxing. Definitely, definitely starting off uh, that route because uh, I believe that most people are looking for the self-defense aspect, and that's that's what people are telling us when they're signing up. We're wanting to learn self-defense. We're wanting to learn discipline and focus and those life skills. And those life skills come with the program, with being in the martial arts. That's kind of, I think, ingrained with each martial arts and, and each school owner is those life skills. Um, so the, the one thing that I probably would have done differently is definitely have started off with the BJJ, the kickbox, and the boxing and the MMA uh, programs. I love it. Um, any additional nuggets of wisdom or insight that you'd like to share to our fellow school owners? Uh, well, the, the one thing to, to share is just be yourself. Um, people like honesty and to just be yourself, be, be the instructor that you want to be. I love it. Mr. Clunan, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Looking forward to helping you reach your next goal with your student count. And thanks again. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. Y'all have a great week.